Chris Allaire. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science crew. Today, I'm talking with a fired up CEO about the inner workings of his widely recognized culture and brand at Averity. His vision is to build the best company to work for in the US. I love it. We're going to dig into the way he leads and some of their standout practices, heading right over to Chris Allaire. All right, Chris, welcome to Gut Plus Science. We're going to start kind of general and then laser in on some niche learnings, which is very different for Gut Plus Science. But when you and I talked before, I was like, oh my gosh, Chris has so many sayings and so many stories and teachings. We're just going to have to figure out how to have a very robust conversation in like 30 minutes. So Chris, if you could kick off by telling us, you know, your unique viewpoint on company culture and people strategy. Absolutely. My viewpoint on culture is much more of a belief system and it's much more of a foundation on what the company really stands for. So the culture of a company is is that unified message that every employee in the organization can really deliver. So the culture is really people. What I see a lot is uh, organizations out there in the past, their culture was ping pong tables, massages, Hawaiian shirt day, pizza Friday, but all those things are just perks. So the culture of an organization is again, what the belief system of the company really is. In our company, it it stinks around teamwork, communication, collaboration, service, pride, and gratitude. So that's the culture of of our organization. That's the culture of a verity. And as far as the people strategy part, I think understanding that people make up 100% of the company. And that's a key aspect of what an organization really is. Because without people, all you have is just ideas. So people are the engine that really make all those ideas run. They make everything work. They make everything come to life. When you come up with an idea on an organization you want to build or a product that you want to put out there in the marketplace, the first thing you do is find the people that can build this product for you. So if you're focused on the people first and you treat people the way they should be treated, that they really are the most valuable commodity that your organization has understanding that you need to invest in them, that you need to back them, that you need to support them, you need to check in with them. Simple check-ins. How are you? How are things? How are you doing? How can I help you? What can I do for you? These are the, as a people-first culture, as a people-first strategy, that's our approach. You know, I think it's funny that, you know, people check their, their bank accounts and their stock portfolio balance, you know, probably two to three times a day. But when it comes to the people that are running your organization and really doing all the hard work, how often are you really checking in with them? Absolutely. Well, so much to unpack in that. And I think one of the best ways to do it is I know a Verity really stands out, like is very unique to the industry. And just some of the stats that you have, like on retention and talent attraction and all of that for your own company are just stand out. So maybe we could bring a couple of these things to life around how you have activated the core belief system inside of a Verity how you practice people first in the way that you're connecting with your people and your other leaders on your team and your your peers connect with each other. I'd love for you to just like bring to life what the culture looks like behind the curtain at Averity. Well, it's interesting because again, our culture really is about teamwork, communication, collaboration, and this one for all, all for one mentality. And I'm a firm believer that the way people are treated internally within the organization is the way they're going to be 
the way they're going to treat your customers and your clients externally. And by understanding that 100% of every of your audience that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis is people, not products and not widgets and not profits in the bank, you're going to have a different mentality. So what we've really tried to do is understand first and foremost that you're trying to build a culture where people genuinely love their job. They need to be feel supported. And if they love their job and they feel supported and they feel that they have all the backing that their brand is supposed to give someone, they will outperform all anybody who wants to try to compete in the business. They take just a greater level of pride in their performance. They care about what they, they care about what they produce. They care about how they do it. They care about the brand that represents them. They care about the brand that they represent. And I think those are the big differentiating factors for us. Because when you're dealing with the people at Averity, I think that's the biggest difference. It's an obvious to the clients, it's obvious to the candidates that we work with that they're talking to a different level of person. Um, not only are they just more knowledgeable because they're, we take a lot more time to train them, but you can feel the authenticity. You can feel the a word I've coined out there is called genuosity. And you can feel that they genuinely care about the audience and about the people that they're talking to on the other end. And if we care more about our audience, our audience is more likely to engage with us. Our, our audience is more likely to be transparent with us, talk to us really about what's going on, give us better feedback. And if we have that better level of communication with them, we can do our job better. So understanding the fact that we are in the people business first, and when you're in the people business first, the people hear and they feel the difference. Recently, we were just named for our size is uh, by SIA, which is Staffing Industry Analytics, the best staffing company in North America to work for. And the difference is when you create a culture where people love their job, they will just perform at a better level when they do their job. Love that. And congratulations. Thank you. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your onboarding strategy and the unique things that you do to help your newest people integrate into the culture and really lock into the belief system behind a verity. Anything come to mind that you could share? First and foremost, they hear from me even before the offer comes out or if we know we want to hire someone. The first things that I do is I get on the phone with them and I talk to them about what this company means and what it represents. And I make sure that they're on the same page with this. And I want to just, I'm very open and honest with people. And I want to let them know what they're getting into. This is not part of the interview process. This is not part of one of those, oh yeah, that sounds great. I can do that. You know, yeah, no problem. It's like, no, I'm letting you know that this is what this company really stands for. And this is what we do. And if you're on board with that, we're in good shape. On day one, when we incorporate, on day one, what I do is I spend an hour with them and I talk about the company laws and the company laws and the company language and some of the vocabulary we use. And that's, you know, this idea of the first and foremost, you don't have to be here. You get to be here on bring something positive. If you don't have something positive to say, don't say anything at all. You know, kind of the golden rule in life, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, just some simple values like that to remind people that this is what this company really stands for. So when we get people started, that's how we incorporate them in the culture right off the bat is letting them understand what you're really getting involved with. The beautiful part about that is, is because when you're explaining that and it's coming from me, I I built this thing, is everybody in the company has that same belief system. 
So you know who you're in business with before you have, before you've even done anything. And you'll see it when you start talking to people, they immediately feel the support. They feel the love. They feel the teamwork. They feel the communication. And it's like, wow, this isn't a, a phrase. No, this really is a way of life. This is the way this company really operates here. I love that. And um, I wanted to just ask the question around, it's, it's a new term for me. You said the company laws. And we've had a couple of episodes where we really expand on leaders talking about like live values, like alive values coming off the wall and then how they implement those things and then like culture action statements. I'm just curious if you wanted to dig just a little bit on when you said company laws, is this a way that you bring key belief system stuff to action? It is. So what I do is I say there are a certain set of company kind of laws that you should want to abide by, that you are required to abide to abide by. And I can read a couple of them to you. So just off the way, I know off the top of my head, but you know, the first law is the fact that right off the bat, I was saying is that you get to come here. You don't have to come here. So just by understanding the difference between, you know, you get to versus have to, it changes your mentality on what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Bring a positive attitude. Your attitude is contagious. Have an influence on the people around you and your audience by having a positive outlook on things. Respect each other. This is a team. If you have something private to say, say it in private. Don't bring up your personal dirty laundry in front of a team setting or during company you know, meetings or whatnot. If you have, be on time. You know, respect your peers. You want them to respect you. Respect their time. If a meeting starts at 9.30, show up at 9.30. Don't treat this like a hobby. You are here for a reason. Give 100% towards what you do. We don't monitor ridiculous KPIs that are out there in the industry. We don't monitor phone time. We don't monitor the amount of people you talk to. We don't monitor you know, what websites you're visiting on a day-to-day basis. We don't block websites and, and personal emails. Like We don't do any of that. You came here to do a job, do your job, and put your best foot into it. I always say is I have an open-door policy with this company, which I value so much. And the open door policy is if you don't want to work here, please open the door and leave. And I can't put it any more simpler than that. So I just tell people like, when you join this company, join for a reason, be here for a reason, and let those reasons really shine through in what you do. And that's how we're going to get the, that's how we're all just going to just enjoy what we do a whole lot more. Mm. Yeah. I think that's so powerful you know, these practices really guide how we behave and how we make decisions. I I think there's always a gap between the vision that's so beautiful and the mission that's so heartfelt and the core values, but how to live out how we all show up together. I really, really love that idea of your, the laws that you all have. One other thing that I wanted to dig in on that you've shared, and then I want to go into some of your like key phrases and things that are just uh, fascinating is Chris, what do you see often overlooked by leaders who claim to practice people first in their leadership? What is it that you see as like patterns or just um, maybe that you could just raise some awareness knowing that like this people first way of living is really what drives a lot of your decision making? Some things that you could give as just insights or things to think about for those of us that might be overlooking some things in the practice. Assumptions, lack of, and, and big things are assumptions and lack of communication. I've noticed that simple breakdowns happen because of lack of in-person or real-time communication. Things are misinterpreted because it was a text message or it was an email or 
our favorite, you know, we, we answer voicemails now with an email. Hey, I got your voicemail. It's like, I left you a voicemail because I wanted to talk to you. So we've somehow created this new culture out there where in order to communicate, we now just text with each other. And where if something's written in all caps, it's you're yelling. Oh, I wrote it in all capitals. And it's like, well, in the interpretation of an email or a text message isn't done. I mean, just because I wrote it one way doesn't mean you're going to interpret it that way. So I feel a lot of a lot of the breakdown that's out there right now in my personal opinion is just based on communication. If you just communicate more effectively or ask questions, how like just simple questions like, hey, how are things going? I think a lot of times what I've seen is managers, they just, just, they hire people and then they just, they kind of forget about them or, well, here's your computer, here's your monitor, here's your mouse, we'll see you soon, let me know if you need anything. And it's kind of set it and forget it versus check-in points. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's day one? Hey, how's week one? How are things? Have things been working for you, right? So it's that idea of we just make assumptions that everybody's happy and everybody's doing well. And if we don't hear anything, it's kind of like, no, news is good news. If we don't hear anything, then everybody's happy. Well, that's not the way things work. You know, as a personal manager, you still have to check in with people and make sure that the staff that works for you understands what their goals are, where they are, what they're doing, how they're doing. No, their work is not their life. You know, we have things that we do outside of our work that affect our work. And just because someone's maybe not performing at an optimal level, it doesn't mean, you know, there's probably a thousand things that are really going on with that person that for some reason we've decided to ignore or not communicate about versus like, hey, how are you? How are things going? We noticed that a tick in your performance is down a little bit. I wanted to check in and first and foremost, make sure everything's going well with you. And then you find out that there's, you know, some issues that there may be some personal issues that they're dealing with. And it's like, okay, cool. At least I understand. And when you do that, the person that you're talking to, the person that works for you now is like, wow, you genuinely care about me as a human being first, not this production machine that you put in the corner that just is my job is just make sure I produce 15 widgets a day. And if I hit my numbers, everyone's happy. Chris, I'm curious your thoughts on check-in cadence best practice. So for someone that's like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Yes, we need to communicate more and communicate on the better medium. What is your best practice on just standards for how often do you check in and anything you want to elaborate on there? I try to check in with, I can't check in with everybody weekly. There's too many people. So what I try to do is make sure that the people that report directly to me, I check in with them once, twice a week. If just to make sure how are things going? How are you doing? What's going on? I make sure that they, I celebrate every small victory with them that I possibly can. So good, bad, or indifferent, I try to remind them that, listen, you're doing an awesome job. Hey, I just saw this big win. Congratulations. So I'm a huge fan of what we have over here, something we call big wins. And I like it when everybody contributes to that type of stuff. So what I try to do is make sure that everyone realizes that there's something to celebrate all the time. So I'm dealing with my executives, you know, my partners and, and the directors underneath me, you know, one of my senior managers. And then I'm the example that I set for them is this is what you need to be doing with your team. And because you know, we have daily meetings and daily stand-ups and stuff like that that we do, but that's more about production as opposed to just a quick phone call in the afternoon or, you know, hey, saw you had a tough day today. How's it going? You know, do you want to check out early? Maybe go get some air. You know, if I know it's a really nice day outside, I try to tell people, hey, listen, it's a gorgeous day. You know, don't sit at your desk all day today. 
go outside, get some sunshine, make sure you get some fresh air, move around a little bit. So I try to say it's early often and all the time, depends on how many reports you have, depends on who's reporting to you. It's equally as important to check in with people when they're doing really, really well as it is when they're in a struggle. And I think I've, I've, we've all worked with some people when you're, when you're doing really well, it's kind of that set it and forget it. And they're like, oh, you're doing a great job. Obviously you must be happy. So why bother? And then you've got the other people that are like, well, I only, I noticed you're struggling. So let's dive into your numbers. And versus like, well, you, you know, the difference is like, oh, the only reason this person's calling me right now is because, oh, they, something bad happened. And now they have to call me to check in with me. And just like, all right, I'm fine. Versus just, hey, Chris, how's it going? No, great to hear from you. I'm like, wow. Hey, listen, hey, I just wanted to call because I saw something in the news made me think of you. So whatever it is, I just think it's important to remember that, you know, it goes back to people. If you remember that the people that you're managing are people, find a reason to connect with your people and the people will appreciate that more. Love it. Okay, so getting to some Chris Alaire-isms. You're passionate about this statement. You're not hiring their past, you're hiring their future. Tell us more about that. So the beautiful part about that is we have to understand that you're not, this isn't the past, this is the present. So right off the bat, when you're, I've seen it so many times and I'm in the business of recruiting and helping people hire folks and they're so focused on past performance that they forgot that you're not hiring their past performance. You're hiring for what they believe that they are capable of doing at your company. And so what you're actually hiring is potential. So just because someone did something two years ago and they were amazing at it doesn't mean, first of all, that's what they want to do anymore. Second of all, that that's what they're going to do here. Because at the end of the day, truth be told, you don't really know what happened in the past. You weren't there. You know, if you're hiring delivery drivers and you hire someone with an impeccable driving record, it doesn't mean the second day on the job, they're not going to get in an accident. So you've got to remember that really what you're going for is when you hire people, you're hiring what you really believe that they are capable of doing. Their past is just, that's how they've got the experience and the knowledge that got them to their current state. And you want to be able to tap into that knowledge base so you can use it for the betterment of your company. But you don't want someone doing the exact same job they just did somewhere else. People want to grow. They want to learn more. And you want them to do that at your company. So this whole idea is like, why would you want to leave a job building widgets just to go to the next job and build the exact same widgets somewhere else? That's, it's a lateral move. Like, Why would anybody want to do that? So you have to give people an opportunity to grow their skill set. So what I hire for is I hire human beings that are authentic and awesome people that I know for a fact, I can teach them what they need to know about the job. And I know that with their attitude and aptitude, they're going to take what I teach them and take it to the next level. So they're going to learn new skills on the job as soon as they show up. So what you're hiring for is someone who is, has got adaptability to the new environment and what they're going to do with those new skills. So I don't want, like, I appreciate what you did in the past. It's wonderful, but that's, not going to help me at all. I need to know what you're going to do when you start here. Yeah. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes is yesterday's home run doesn't count in today's game, which has been just a foundational thing for a long time. Cause you know, you can get, especially I've always worked in the world of like entrepreneurship and sales and you know, you get that really big win and then you get fat and happy or lazy. And so I love that. But then we think about many times in your world of recruiting, staffing, you know, this person that 10 years ago made this amazing 
thing happen. And they're still getting hired three jobs later because of that amazing thing. Just it's something to consider because we've all worked alongside those people. And for those people, it's like, hey, if you're still trying to get hired based on the 10 years ago, you know, award, you're not going to seek, you're not going to have fulfillment in today's experience. Find your today fire or your hunger for today. <laughs> so, yes. well, good. I love that. So yeah, don't live in the past, live in the present. Yes. And I, I know you have this other saying that I want to dig in on. And I think it's like very present and alive in a verity, genuosity. Tell us about that. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, to be really honest. It's just a phrase I came up with many, many years ago, because in the industry of recruiting, the one thing that you can present is yourself. So this idea of just being truly authentic, truly genuine, transparent, honesty, integrity, ethics, morals, call it whatever you will. I just coined that into this phrase called genuosity, because when you bring a certain level of genuosity to the table, people want to be around people like that. They want to be associated with people like that. If you bring yourself out there, that true, genuine, authentic self, it's kind of the one area, in my, in my opinion, that you can never really regret, right? Because you're going to love me for either who I am, or you're not going to like me for who I am. And there's nothing I can really do about that. So I can't be someone different with you versus, oh, when I'm with my wife, I'm someone completely different versus with my, with my friends, I'm someone who's completely different, but in business, it's like, no, I'm the same all around. And that's what makes you know, people attractive. That's what makes me attractive is I bring that, what I say, genuosity. And especially in our industry, in the people business, that's the one dynamic that you have to differentiate yourself with is your authentic, genuine personality. And because people can smell the BS a mile away. Anyone, like, everyone knows when a good sales job is coming, right? You can hear the questions. You're like, oh, God, I already, I can feel the, right, the leading clothes coming. You're like, all right, great. And so, but if you bought 10 of them, that'd be better than buying five of them, wouldn't it? It's like, oh, Jesus, man, will you chill out? Versus like, wow, you know what? Like, it sounds like, everything you're saying to me right now sounds like this is a great opportunity for you. What are your thoughts? And it's like, yeah, you know what it is like versus, you know what, everything you're saying right now, this is not all right. This is not a good job for you, man. Like you're not giving me, I'm not feeling any love from the interviews you just went on. Am I, am I missing something? It's like, no, you're absolutely right, Chris. Like I just, I'm not feeling the vibe over there. It's like, okay, cool. And then, so you can just be that authentic self. People really respect that. So it's called genuosity. It's a, what do you call it? Chrisism. I've been saying it for years. I love it. Feel free to use it. There's no patent on it. I just think it's the way people should be. Yeah, it's great. I think People Forward Network might start some new vocabulary and we're going we're <laughs> to grab a hold of that. I like it. And I love, Chris, if you can talk about your fire or your priority around reimagining or innovating and how core this is to your leadership practice, daily life, whatever. So the innovation is everything. The thing about innovation is it's not always like new, bigger, faster, stronger, shinier objects. Innovation is really, in my opinion, it's really, it's understanding, are we truly strategic? It's understanding, do you really understand the audience of people that are engaging with your brand, what they really want versus what you're trying to sell them? So this idea of being innovative to me and reimagining things is first and foremost is understanding our audience. And are we really attracting the ideal customer and the ideal audience that we want to keep as a raving fan for life? 
do we really understand our market, where it's going, and again, what our audience really wants? So in our business, you know, in the recruiting business, there's right, there's jobs and there's candidates. And there's a thousand job boards that are out there. So this idea of like, oh, we need to have a better job board. It's like, you know, I beg your, I'm sorry, I know I like it and we have a good job board, et cetera, but there's a thousand job boards out there and they're all the same. So instead, the innovation side of it is like, okay, here's what we need to think about. It's like, rather than people combing through job boards, what's our audience want? They want simplicity, right? So the innovation is how do we deliver the jobs that people want to hear about in real time to them? That's the innovation. On the candidate side, you get clients that are out there and they're saying, we can't find anybody, we can't find anybody. It's like, well, you know, right off the bat, it's like everyone's got a LinkedIn profile or most, actually not everybody does because, but that's a, I'll digress. There are 830 million profiles on LinkedIn in over 200 countries. So when you think about how hard it is to find people, like there's nothing innovative about that. So we don't need another source to find people. What do people really want? They want accredited information about what people actually do, what they want to do. Are they qualified? Are they interested? And are they available for the job that I'm hiring for? And I'm also a hiring manager. And as a hiring manager, if you bring me that information, that's the innovative approach that I'm looking for. So from an innovative standpoint, I'm always looking at, you know, do we know what our audience really wants? Do we know what they need? Or are we out there, you know, just trying to come up with what our own internal belief system is, what we really want to sell and building that because quote unquote, everybody else is doing it. So it's about putting something out there that your audience really wants and what's going to make their life easier and better. I love that. Chris, this was great. I think we took your unique viewpoints of culture and people first leadership strategy and honed in on some truly game changer practices that can really grow a business in a meaningful way. And so I think we did our job today with capturing some great content. So thank you so much for your time. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor message today. And we'll be right back with our lightning round where we'll get to learn just a little bit more about the personal side of you. We'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science with Chris Allaire. It's been a great conversation today and we're to the lightning round where we're gonna take just a minute or two to hone in on some of Chris's favorite things. So Chris, I know this top question is sometimes really hard. Favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read? Favorite book of all time, honestly, it's Raving Fans. It's our company Bible. I love it. I read it once a year. It means, I think it's just the number one way you need to start looking at the way you do things. It's a great book. I love it. I have a lot of books. I'm an avid reader, so I have a lot of different things I'm in the middle of, but that's one of my favorites up there. And it's so awesome to hear. This is a great takeaway is uh, to have a book that is like your business Bible, like your team. This is what we, this we're rooted in this book. That's powerful. And I don't think I've heard it before. We've done hundreds of episodes. So thank you for sharing that. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? So I unfortunately am an avid golfer. It's the, just, it's what I do. I love it. I love being out there in the sun. I love the, the fresh cut grass and, and launching as many balls as possible into lakes and woods. I am an avid cook as well. So I love my hobbies. I'm very good at them. I'm actually a very, very, very good cook as well. And uh, I play guitar. Awesome. 
Really great. Okay. How about your favorite vacation spot? I don't really have a favorite vacation spot. I love going someplace different. I love culture. I love food. I love fresh air and I love like the outdoors. So I love Costa Rica. I think it's beautiful. You've got a little bit of everything down there. So if I was to say, if there was one place that I could travel, I have a lot of places on the list that I want to travel to, but Costa Rica is the one place I can think of off the top of my head that I've been to that I just can't get enough of. Mm, beautiful. All right. And Chris, how can listeners connect with you after the show? And if you want to plant any seeds on why people might want to connect with you or your team, please share that as well. So you can always email me. You can find me on LinkedIn. My email address is, is pretty simple. It's my first name, dot last name. So Chris, you know, dot Allaire, A-L-L-A-I-R-E. And the company domain is Averity Team. It's A-V-E-R-I-T-Y team, T-E-A-M.com. You're welcome to email me, but any questions you have, most of my, I'm very passionate about growing businesses. I love helping young entrepreneurs understand what they need to do to grow their business and what they don't, a lot of the misconceptions on also what they don't need to do to build and grow their business. And a lot of times, you know, people, they don't really know what to do or what not to do. So they're looking for some help. So I love I love working with with young leaders out there. I also I'm very strong at branding, you know, helping people understand their brand. So whenever people get in a rut, you know, I've had a lot of organizations, a lot of people that I know, they're just like, listen, I'm in a rut right now. I don't know what to do. So I can help kind of create some new ideas for people and help them uh, maybe see what they've been missing the entire time. And then honestly, when it comes to hiring, you know, I've been in the recruiting business for longer than I really want to say out loud, but you know, I don't even know how many organizations I've helped build, you know, some of the most amazing teams that they have. I've have CTOs that I've known for literally 15 years that their current team of people are all people that I've introduced to them and they're just, and they love it. So when it comes to anything to do with the hiring, the branding side of it, you know, some outsourced CEO services, if you just need some advice, feel free to reach out and I'd love to help you out. Oh boy, this episode today around people hire people, coined phrase that Chris and his team use at Averity, so powerful and has me so fired up. So many great key takeaways today. I'm going to summarize four. So here's my truth you can act on. Number one, building and nurturing the organizations and individuals' belief systems is high priority. As a leader, you must guide the behaviors of your organization and your people. And Chris shared the way they do that and giving us some insight into Averity's company laws. So I actually reached out to him and I was like, can I get a copy of that? It was just so powerful. Number two, always be celebrating. There's something to celebrate every time you take the chance and take them often. Absolutely. Number three, overlooks come from assumptions or miscommunication. And many times when we rely on like voicemail or email or text versus having a conversation to make sure that all parties are clear. So just thinking about how assumptions or miscommunications are happening and digging to the core of that and stop doing whatever's at the core that's causing it. Many times is face-to-face or, or just a direct conversation. Number four, when you're hiring, you are not hiring for their past, you're hiring for their future. I love that on both sides. So one side is you can't hang on to yesterday's home run in today's game. It doesn't apply. And then on the other side, whatever was in the past, people change and have so much upside and potential going into their future. 
We're not relying on whatever happened three years ago, but what is in the right now and how they're wired to be able to make impact today. I love that. So many great takeaways. We're going to have to have Chris back for some more inspiration in the future. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.